The COVID-19 pandemic showed us just how vulnerable supply chains are. Today, we face many threats, shipping delays, a lack of workers, failing infrastructure, transportation rates that are out of control, cybersecurity threats, and of course, a worldwide pandemic that is still very much with us. But with each of these threats comes opportunities. Welcome to this limited podcast series from CSEMP's Supply Chain Quarterly, the top 10 supply chain threats. This podcast is sponsored by AFS Logistics, offering trusted logistics services for parcel, LTL, freight audit and payment, and transportation management. AFS combines a data-driven approach with time-tested skills to help you navigate, find, and optimize the freight capacity you need when you need it. For more information, visit AFS.net. Today, we focus on the threat of a freight capacity crunch. Here is your moderator for this segment, Supply Chain Quarterly's Managing Editor, Diane Rand. Joining us today is Mark Palazzolo. He currently serves as a manager of strategic operations at consulting firm Carney. And before joining Carney, he worked at Amazon for several years. Thank you for being here today, Mark, to discuss the freight capacity crunch affecting supply chains. Can you summarize some of the main freight capacity issues that we're currently facing? Yeah, thank you, Diane, and pleasure to be here. So in terms of freight capacity issues that we're currently facing, there's multiple factors driving the really the crisis that we're all facing and have been facing for about the past 18 months. Based on conversations that I'm having with clients, there's really two key aspects, which I think are most critical. Number one is the rapid acceleration of e-commerce. So with the pandemic driving more consumers online, this has accelerated e-commerce about five years within a you know less than two year period. This shift has really resulted in a few supply chain challenges that both shippers and carriers weren't in a position to address quickly. For example, with the shift to e-commerce, that results in smaller shipment volume with, uh, or, you know, with more replenishment cycles. Also results in increased delivery speed expectations and overall greater shipment volume across all nodes. With that drastic rise in e-commerce we've seen and, and continue to forecast, um, that's really a driver of this capacity challenge in the market. Number two is the driver shortage. So as shipment volumes rise, uh, this has only exacerbated the existing driver shortage. Uh, with a generally aging workforce, among other factors, the U.S. driver shortage is expected to be you know, upwards of 100,000 over the next two years, which is further going to impact the, the capacity issues shippers are facing, uh, unless strategic interventions are made. So those are really the two key aspects or, or factors that I'm hearing from clients. And so what are some of the repercussions of those issues if we don't, as an industry, tackle them and, and get some relief here soon? The repercussions, if not holistically and strategically addressed, are significant. For my clients, the top of mind repercussions are really threefold. Number one is service. The key question executives are asking themselves is, how do I meet current customer expectations as well as deliver on increased demands brought on by this explosion of e-commerce. Number two is cost. As we all know, operating costs across all modes have skyrocketed. For example, freight dry van rates have increased 31% year over year during an already inflationary period. Parcel and ocean 
are being impacted on an even greater scale. So executives are asking themselves, how can I combat these significant cost headwinds and, and not have my EBITDA impacted? And the third, which I think is really important, is shippers are concerned about lost sales due to not having inventory in the right place at the right time due to this tightened freight capacity. And so with, with growth being ever important in today's marketplace, this is really top of mind for clients and, and executives. The big question on everyone's mind these days is when can we expect these freight capacity problems to ease? Yeah, in terms of timeline for relief, I believe we're looking at you know, end of 2022, if not into Q1 or Q2 of 2023 uh, for the market to normalize. Unfortunately, many shippers have typically taken a, a more short-term approach to supply chain resiliency, and, and therefore organizations are currently unable to adapt and, and course correct as fast as they desire. That said, there, there are a variety of strategies which you know, supply chain executives and organizations can pursue to combat these current challenges, but I think that journey is going to take us you know, into next year, if not into, you know, middle of 2023. That sounds about right. <laughs> High capacity in one mode puts more pressure on capacity in another mode uh, or other modes. Do you see any potential domino effects on the horizon that shippers should be watching? There isn't one particular domino effect that, that I foresee or think that shippers should really be watching for. As the, as you know, the problem space is highly interconnected. Rather, I'm of the perspective that shippers should be taking a holistic approach to enhancing resiliency and flexibility of their supply chain to jointly optimize for capacity costs and service. As you said, as you start to lean on one mode versus another, you start to shift that, that constraint. And so taking a step back and approaching holistically is, is a strategy to ultimately enhance your resiliency and not you know, move forward with that domino effect. So beyond taking a holistic approach, is there anything else shippers can do to alleviate some of this strain? Or do you think they just have to ride it out to a certain extent? There's certainly short-term levers that shippers can pull to alleviate the current pain that they're feeling. That said, I think a longer-term strategy um, which across three prongs is really what is needed here. And a more surgical approach is needed here to enhance supply chain resilience and resiliency and ultimately mitigate future supply chain disruption. Number one is adopting an end-to-end -end supply chain approach and, and addressing structural changes. So one of the first structural changes is thinking about how to strategically diversify your carrier supply base across all modes to minimize disruption. Um, for example, even if a key supplier or key carrier is not meeting SLAs due to reduced capacity, or if they're going to you know, increase costs due to disruption in their supply chain, you're able to, across modes or even within lanes, shift to other carriers. That's one structural change that, that clients have been deploying to start mitigating some of the, the disruption and challenges. A second element here is evaluating the ability to localize components of your supply chain to limit those disruptions on a national or global scale. This localization play also enables a shift from OTR parcel volume to other last mile carriers such as Shift, DoorDash, Rody, Walmart Go Local, et cetera, some of those other gig economy players that have more flexibility due to their operating model. So again, adopting this end-to-end -end approach and addressing these structural changes is one component that I think is key. The second component 
is doubling down on investments in advanced technologies with a particular focus on exception management or, or sensitive pivot technologies, which have predictive analytics. This allows supply chain organizations to be able to proactively identify issues and take action prior to avoiding disruption. Now, there has to be a strategic evaluation of that CapEx and OpEx trade-off, but that it one that is an area that leaders are taking to make their supply chains more future-proof. The last and third you know, prong of, of the strategy that you know, we're recommending for clients is optimizing your operating model. From my perspective, as I said previously, many companies are, are responding to turbulence in the logistics market in a very tactical and reactive way. Um, but to be able to make their supply chain more resilient, having that long-term approach and thinking about their operating model more strategically is really key. More specifically, these longer-term strategies will focus on enabling real-time shipment visibility, driving flexibility uh, to pivot quickly as exceptions to those choke points arise, and implementing analytics that continually monitor your logistics network to anticipate potential disruptions and assess performance. Those are really the, the three key things that I think from a, a longer term perspective, shippers can deploy to be able to ride out this turbulence. Wonderful advice. Thank you so much for being with us today to talk to us about the freight capacity crunch that's affecting our supply chains. And it'll be interesting to see what the next year or so will bring and how um, our you know, industry will change and shift and grow um, and some of the innovations that will come out of it. Um, just, it'll be interesting to see how, how it all shapes out. So thank you, Mark, for your time today. We really do appreciate you coming on and talking to us. Absolutely, Diane. It was a pleasure and, and really enjoyed the conversation. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you for joining us for this podcast from CSCMP's Supply Chain Quarterly, the Top 10 Supply Chain Threats. We encourage you to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.